0: Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, it's mid-September, and by now, most of our kids are back in school or soon will be. So here's a question for you moms and perhaps for some of you dads also. Are you ready for school to start? Well, I know this question may sound silly, after all, it's your offspring who are back in school, not you. And some of you may answer, "I'm so ready." And does that mean I'm ready for my kids to get back in school uh, all day, so that I'm not having to uh, having them hang around bored uh, and around the house, interrupting my day? But here's the real question: Are you prepared for school to start? Are your ducks all in a row? And my next guest, Colleen O'Grady, reminds us that uh, being prepared is to evaluate what has worked in the past for you and what has not worked for you as a parent. And as she puts it, being prepared is allowing yourself time to step off the hamster wheel and to ask yourself, what do you want to do this school year? And uh, what, uh, uh, what routines have worked for you in the past? and what needs to change, and Colleen O'Grady is here to expand on this subject today, and a lot of you will recall Colleen. She is a prior guest on our program, most recently in August 20th, 2018, and remember you can go back and access prior programs on our website, and to refresh your memory, here is Colleen O'Grady's resume. She's a licensed professional counselor and a marriage and family therapist, and uh, (coughs) She's uh, been in private practice in Houston, Texas, for over 20 years. She specializes in helping mothers of teenage daughters, and God knows they need help. Often, <laughs> offering hope, encouragement, and uh, potent practical advice to uh, turn around the uh, for moms around the world. And she, she's creator of Power Your Parenting program, a seven-week program designed to transform negative patterns and drama into healthy, fun, and loving connection with your teenage daughter. And she's author of the acclaimed 2015 book, Dial Down the Drama. And hello, Colleen and Grady. It's always a pleasure to welcome you back to uh, Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age.
1: I am so glad to be back.
0: Well, wow, a, so it's
1: been a year. It's a yeah, year since that, I've been on your show.
0: About that huh. long. If you're a mom of a preteen or a teenager... You've been through the back-to-school transition before probably a number of times. And what's wrong with simply jumping back into the same old school year routine that you followed last year and the year before?
1: Well, I would say if it was if it was a great year then there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> if you had a perfect, perfect year, then there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think what happens with moms is like we have this like we're so relieved that our kids are back at school and a lot of times moms will go have like little celebration breakfasts right after they drop their kids off and
2: um
1: and they're like, Woohoo um, and then we kind of feel like it's a blank slate, like it's yeah. gonna be great, but then you know you have to get your kids up, and yeah. then the stress of homework, so then these automatic patterns just pop up the same struggles that you had last year. there they are once again,
0: yeah that's so true, <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to fall back in the, what you've done and what uh events manage you. Of course, it's it's very different for stay-at-home moms and those that have jobs and have that responsibility as well. I would think stay-at-home moms would especially have a void if the kids are no longer around because they don't have a preordained schedule for every day like those who work. So I would think that would maybe be even more of a void there that they'd have to fill.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um uh- I I think I think you know stay-at-home moms are really kind of relieved to have their their personal time back. Yeah. But I think what the the, the problem areas are um are usually the mornings, you oh, know, yeah. talking to thousands yeah. and thousands of moms. Yeah. It's the morning routine and then it's after school. Oh yeah. And then right bef- you know before they go to bed. Yeah so well, I think when moms finally have time to put their feet up they're like they have they don't have problems knowing what to do but it's it's that conflict
0: yeah well recently on your uh, weekly newsletter to subscribers you detailed four ways to create a routine you want uh for the year to come and if we'd like I'd like to go over each of the four and your first yeah. suggestion is to decide that you're in charge and uh, we, you moms and, and you dads, for that matter, who are, uh, have work-related and family-related responsibilities in any season, and in view of this, how can we go about uh, placing ourselves in charge uh, in, uh, of creating the new routine?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that kind of sounds funny, but what happens um, is that you can get so busy and and parents and especially especially moms can get in kind of what i call a mother fog there's so much mm-hmm. going on
2: <laughs> and then
1: you're just trying to push through the list
2: yeah.
1: and then you're just kind of off balance and you know you're you're not in charge anymore i've had clients say to me you know you know everyone else is driving my life but me
0: yeah and the so crazy think, thing is to really be a valuable asset to your kids and everyone else. You need to be in charge because if uh, the, the world is managing you, you're really not much of an asset to to anyone else. Unless you know where you want to go and where you want to, to help, how you want to help them and uh, what's centered it <laughs> to your life.
1: Yeah, and. She- yeah, and so what's what's helpful to, helpful way to think about this is it's no mother says I don't want to be in charge of my life. It just happens by default. Yeah. So a lot of what I'm talking about today and that I emphasize in my program and in my book, Dial Down the Drama, is how to parent intentionally.
2: Yeah.
1: And so special. that that brings us kind of to the my se- the second point, which is is just starting with, so what I would say, Mom, a, a huge gift for you is like take an hour hmm. and I would like you to, to journal some of the, you know, some ideas around these questions. Yeah. So um, so one question is just asking yourself, what do you want for this year?
0: Yeah, I like how you talked about, let's give us an example that you have in your newsletter about the morning uh how would uh how would we go about thinking about early morning and what what would be yeah. ideal
1: yeah so here's here's what i uh, i've oh i can't tell you how many 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 moms so if you're one of these moms you're not alone we could have a nice little group chat about this yeah. but you know it's the frustration of getting either your son or daughter up
2: yeah. in the
1: morning and and it's the same old thing, and somehow we just are, like, surprised every morning. Like, oh, my God, you're still not up. Yeah. And, and you, we do the same thing, and those repeated sequences, these kind of automatic patterns of, like, you come on, get up, and then you walk away. Come on, now, you need to get up.
2: <laughs> oh,
1: right? Over time. Yeah. They 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 escalate, and so then there's this drama, and you know she's snarky, and you're snarky, and then their drive to school is not fun at all.
0: No, and then you, the rest of the day you wonder why you uh, you know you had to get so upset and kind of ruined the whole day by having a
1: yeah, big it ruins your, your day. It's not a good day for your team the way they start their day. So so just in terms of what you want. Sometimes you have to start with what you don't want, which is yeah. I don't want to be fighting, having this same struggle every morning. So, so saying, starting with then, it's like then what do I want? Well, I want, I mean, you know, I just want it to be peaceful. I want I want her to take more responsibility
0: yeah.
1: of getting up, and I want us to figure this out together.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense, and that leads to the third question to ask yourself: What is not working? <laughs> or perhaps more appropriately, what didn't work last year? How do you suggest that uh, moms go back and uh, think about that routine last year and what went wrong? And uh, they? That's something else they should write down, I guess. But
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you might think, well, you know, golly, that, that is being negative. I don't want to be negative and look yes. at all the things that weren't working. But first of all, we're, the reason we're doing this is so that um you write what you don't want so that you, like, again, so then you can be intentional to figure out how you do want this to go.
0: Yeah, you really so, have to identify the negatives if you're going to get rid of them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they don't yeah. They just
0: disappear on their own.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so so what I, I would just kind of coach you moms is don't see this as, like, your fault.
0: Yeah
1: or your daughter's fault. It's like, think of this as like a math problem instead of um, taking it personally.
0: Yeah. You talked uh, in your newsletter, you had an excellent example of uh, something you did wrong when your daughter was 12 on the way to school. What was that? Oh,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, moms, I think you can relate to this. It's like, we're busy, and so, like... You know, as a mom, we're like, you know, this is a great time to really, you know, catch up and connect with my da- our daughters and make sure they're on track. Yeah. So when my daughter was in middle school, I would, um, yeah, I mean, ask her a million questions.
2: <laughs> and
1: um, um, I did not get good answers. I would yeah. get, like, I don't know. And, you know, she'd be snarky and, like, whatever... Yeah. and then she'd slam the door
0: yeah that that i guess you found out is not a good time to uh when the kids aren't really <laughs> in the mood to, to go over. All well that. well
1: you know yes so so one there's some scientific reasons for that is their their sleep cycles are later the yeah. melatonin yeah. All, all of that so they are just kind of out of it and what i didn't think about is is um my daughter was so stressed going to middle school,
2: oh, yeah. and she's stressed
1: about relationships. She was stressed about the schoolwork, and um, when your kid is stressed, it's like the worst possible time.
0: Yeah, that's a so, terrible age anyway—the middle school age.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so when I looked at like, okay, you know, I, you know, I don't want to be fighting with my daughter. And um, so something needed to change, and so I needed to change. So sometimes yeah. you're changing something so that your daughter is going to change, and sometimes it's something that you can change to make things better.
2: Yeah. Well, so the...
1: what I ne- what I oh. needed to change in, in that situation was um, not ask her questions and just play music.
0: Yeah. And yeah. just back off. Yeah. Well, what's the fourth way we can uh, make sure it's? Uh... We be better our focus for this year. That's yeah. the first question we can ask ourselves.
1: Um, so it's kind of like okay. So now that you know what you want and you know what you don't want, yeah. it's really the strategy about um, what what you want to change and how yeah. you're going to change it. Yeah. So um, so part of that is clarity. You know, is being clear about. You mean the specifics, and so what I would say is that can be useful um, to you, moms. Is like like with the morning routine, you know, getting that's just a good example. Yeah. So I would say try a week experiment. So you know, it's like you could you could say to your your son or daughter, look, I don't want to be fighting in the morning. That's not good for you or me. Yeah. So, um, what would it take? And you're talking to your teen. Yeah. What would it take for you to get up without me having to bug you <laughs> three, three or four times? I'm an alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> and then they usually say, "Well, I need my phone, and I, uh, maybe I need another alarm clock." <laughs> okay, so we, so, all right, so we'll have another alarm clock. We'll put it across the room, yeah. and, um, and so then part of then you, you, part of it, um, as a parent, is then you think about what would be the consequence. And so you could even ask your teen, so what's the consequence if you don't get up? Yeah. And um, the teen says, well, I don't think I need one. But, um, you, you know, and then you could say, you know what, I think if you can't get up, that's telling me that you're not getting enough sleep. So I'll take your computer 30 minutes earlier the night before.
2: <laughs> That'll get <them> so, a
1: <laughs> right. So then, then you could, you know, you don't tell your teen it's an experiment. Yeah. But then you you are tweaking it. So then for the next week, you try that, and then you can reevaluate on Sunday. And if that needs to be tweaked a little bit, you can.
0: Well, that's great. Well, uh, you you mentioned that you have a brand new uh, program about to start on. I think it's on the twenty third of September. Tell us about this.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um it's called Power Your Parenting and um and it's how to dial down the drama um and reconnect with your teenage daughter a guide for moms and and it's also also how how moms can reclaim their lives and I know it's for daughters but if but sometimes you have the drama king boy and so that works for that you and you get um you really get my support for this entire fall semester okay. It's a seven week program. You get um input from me every single day. We have a group call each week okay. where I can give you feedback um, you know like some of these things about how to create these new routines and yeah. um so whatever question you have, you would have access to me um so that's that's the program.
0: And how do our and I do have sign a, up for that? How do they access?
1: Yeah, well, you know, well here's here's a win win for for you moms.
0: Yeah.
1: Is um if you go to Colleen dot com and that's has two L's and two E's, Colleen C-O-L-L-E-E-N-O-G-R-A-D-Y, ColleenOGrady.com, dot com, I have um a the dial down the drama triple pack. Oh. where you can get uh, a chapter from my award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama, you get a free ebook, and you get um, on my list to get my weekly e-zine, which has a really helpful article each week. Yeah. If you do that, you not only get all of that, but then you're on my list, and then I can will be able to tell you um, <clears throat> about the program, you can also, in, on my website, you can contact me through through my website and oh. if you want to ask me more questions about it.
0: So that's com. then, is where they should go. Yes. Where's the best place for listeners to go to uh, preview and purchase your highly uh, regarded book, Dial Down the Drama?
1: <laughs> um, you can get it on Amazon, um, which is probably the easiest, or Barnes & Noble online also. Um what I'm very excited about is Dial Down the Drama is now on Audible. Oh. Because lots of moms think, you know, like I have no time to sit down and read a book, but yeah. I could listen to a book.
2: Yeah, well, that's great.
1: So um, so you can go to, to Amazon and order get the, you know, the paperback of it or the Kindle version of it, or you can get the Audible version. Oh, that's great.
0: Well, I'd like to conclude today's program with wishing both uh, our listeners' children, and you, uh, listeners, the most productive and uh, positive school year. And, yes, that includes you as well as your kids. As my guest, Colleen Grady has just described, it's up to you moms or dads, for that matter, to give serious thought to how you will optimize the coming school year, not just for your offspring, but for you as well. And September is a great time for uh personal reflection, and perhaps uh, even better than January, first take home, uh, take time to evaluate the pluses and minuses from last year, and then appoint yourself as CEO of you. There's no one else more qualified uh, to manage your own life and, and uh, point things in the right direction than you are. And for God's sake, get off that hamster wheel or that hamster wheel, and make (laughs) solid plans to make things go better this year and plan the uh, next few, um, maybe just a week at a time so you can adjust, but uh, certainly have plans in mind for what might work better, and then track your progress and be ready to uh, modify your uh, approach if things aren't working as well as you'd like. And to all of you, Happy New Year. (laughs) and a joyful and positive school year for you, your spouse, and each of your children. And thanks a million, Colleen O'Grady, for returning, and best of success in all that you do, including that great program that starts on September 23rd.
1: Well, thank you so much. I really um, enjoy your show and um, appreciate being a guest.
0: Well, that was great. Thanks to my guest, Colleen O'Grady, for reminding us to take time out to plan for the upcoming school year, not as students, but as parents. Or heck, if you're not a parent, just for yourself. So what do you want to accomplish this year? At middle age, I fear a common refrain is, I wish I'd been more creative in my 20s or early 30s. I'm kind of stuck in what I do now. Now that I'm over 40, 50, whatever, I'm simply too old and set in my ways to try something new. Furthermore, there is no way I can compete with the bright, creative young minds who can run circles around an old fogey like me. Look at what young guys like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates accomplished in their 20s. Well, what if I told you that it's never too late to start a brilliant career or transition into one that's more suited to your true uh, capabilities and what you want to do with your life? And that's what we're going to talk about for the remainder of today's program. And most of my thoughts come from an essay by Rich Karlgaard in the May fourth, two 2019 Wall Street Journal. And it was based upon a book he released earlier this year titled Late Bloomers, The Power of Patience in the World Obsessed with Early Achievement. And Don't you just love that title? By the way, Mr. Kierkegaard, or Carlgaard is himself a late bloomer. At 34, with no background in journalism, he co-founded Silicon Valley's first business magazine, and at 38 he was hired by Steve Forbes to launch a technology magazine, and at age 44 he became publisher of Forbes. And as the Carl essay points out, Today we are obsessed with early achievement. As he puts it, we celebrate those who explode out of the gates, who scorch the SATs, get straight A's, or maybe drop out of college because it's simply not challenging enough, and land their first jobs at Google or Goldman Sachs, or or alternatively maybe found their own Internet-related company like uh, Microsoft, or Apple and earn their first million in their early 20s. Uh, but keep in mind, precocious achievement is the exception, early achievement is the exception, not the norm. In fact, all of us mature and develop at different rates, and late bloomers are everywhere once we know how to look for them. And before we look more closely at ourselves and our almost unlimited potential, Let's talk briefly about our offspring, our teenagers and young adults. And please note, simply because your son or daughter hasn't graduated summa cum laude, become famous, reinvented an industry, or banked seven figures in his or her 20s, doesn't mean they're somehow off track and have limited potential to accomplish great things. Our job as parents, largely completed when our kids venture out on their own, is to support them emotionally, offer advice based upon our experience, but only when they ask for it, not uh, constantly monitoring what they're doing. And to demonstrate your love for them uh, is no uh, less simply because they're all grown up. Now, the Kargaard essay goes on to point out that recent research suggests we may need to modify our understanding of how our adult children mature from adolescence around 18 to adulthood around 25. Not to get technical, but in uh, our early to mid-20s, the prefrontal cortex, that part of the brain that clearly distinguishes we humans from other animals, like dogs and monkeys, undergoes many critical changes. The prefrontal cortex actually prunes itself, which say, may sound like a bad thing, but it's not. Pairing back the web of possible connections allows the remaining ones to transmit signals more effectively and at the same time the prefrontal cortex develops the ability to better communicate with other parts of the brain, especially those associated with emotions and impulses, so that all areas of our brain coordinate effectively in complex processes like planning and problem solving. Got all that? Now get this, the term that psychologists use for this Sort of neurological maturity is executive function. And executive function has nothing to do with IQ, potential, or talent. Every one of us accesses only a small portion of what our brain has to offer, anyway. It's simply the ability to see ahead and plan effectively, to uh, connect ideals, ideas to actions and actions to potential consequences. They're very at attributes that we so admire in middle age, our ability to do that. And by the way, this does not mean that you or I uh, were at our maximum potential in our mid-20s. In a 2015 study, neuroscientists measured the abilities of nearly 50,000 adults um, of various ages on online cognitive tests, and their conclusion there's probably not one age at which you're peak on most things, much less all of them. And the speed of information processing appeared to peak early, around 18 or 19. Guess that's why our teens sometimes runs circles around us on their computers. Uh, second short-term memory, though, continued to improve until around 25, then leveled off for another decade. But here's the key. The ability to evaluate complex patterns, including other people's emotional states, peaked much later when participants were in their 40s and 50s. makes sense that our greatest potential to motivate, lead, and evaluate performance of others occurs at middle age and beyond. And let me describe some technical scientific findings And they may sound intimidating, but really they're pretty easy to understand and make a ton of sense. Cognitive research reveals that each one of us has two types of intelligence. Did you know that? Fluid and crystallized. And fluid intelligence is our capacity to reason and solve novel problems independent of knowledge from the past. And it peaks earlier in life, probably in our 20s. But crystallized intelligence is the ability to use skills, knowledge, and experience, and it shows rising levels of performance well into middle age and beyond. That's comforting, isn't it? In searching for a new career, business to buy, or a startup opportunity, it only makes sense to select jobs, new business opportunities, and goals based upon your skills, knowledge, and experience, the factors that make up your crystallized intelligence and here's another positive thought this from from Elkanon goldberg a clinical professor of neurology at nyu dr goldberg theorizes that the brain's right and left hemispheres are connected by a salience network that helps us evaluate novel perceptions from the right by comparing them to stored images and patterns on the left side of the brain. Thus a child, teen, or young adult will have greater novel perceptions, uh, let's call it imagination, but they so often lack the context and reference to turn them into practical, creative insights, thoughts that will actually produce results. And you know the scientific research merely confirms what this program has been preaching all along, At middle age, your 20 or more years of adult living experience building upon your crystallized intelligence can more than compensate uh, for the decline in raw and fluid intelligence of youth. At middle age, most of us still have sufficient energy, courage, and spirit of adventure to reach out to something new and different, but only after we have diligently researched the opportunity and it appears solid we don't just rush into things like the youth tend to i know your sense of adventure may be buried under several layers of status quo conformity fear always comes into the picture but it's still there inside of you if you look hardly enough and whether it comes to transitioning your career starting up a new business or creatively enhancing your present job and lifestyle Improving relationships and bringing unrestrained joy into daily living, middle age indeed can be your best age. Enough of science. Let's cite some examples. The average age for scientists when they are doing work that eventually leads to a Nobel Prize is 39. The average age for U.S. patent applicants is 47. And tales of late bloomers can be found in every walk of life. How about Tom Brady, who was drafted 199th, a part-time starter in college, and still shines today at 42. Heck, he won a Super Bowl last year. J.K. Rowling, who created Harry Potter at age 35. Author Toni Morrison, who published her first novel at age 39, won a Pulitzer Prize at 56, and a Nobel Prize for Literature at 61. Or then there's Tom Siebel, who founded his first big tech company at age 41, and his second big tech company at 57. And first, let me ask you a question. Were you overlooked in your school years, got sidetracked early in your career, and today are routinely bored, stressed out, and uninspired while earning a living, even if the pay is good? Do you absolutely despise getting up and going to work on Monday morning or on most mornings? If so, then please answer the second question, what gifts and passions might I possess that I haven't yet discovered or developed? gifts and passions that could give you the wings to fly as rich Kierkegaard puts it in his wall street journal essay like me mostly bloomers will discover they have greater opportunities to succeed on alternative paths uh, far from the madness and pressure of early achievement truth be told at this point point in your life it matters not whether you were homecoming queen, valedictorian, or president of your student body back in school, or alternatively, you were the mousy, unpopular kid with modest grades who everyone ignored. The only thing that matters now is that you are pursuing a career and lifestyle that you're passionate about, that's suited to your unique talents and desires, a vocation that makes you happy, energetic, and comfortable at the same time that it produces value for others. And here are two crucial questions to consider. Have I thought about vocational responsibilities and avocations I am most passionate about? Do I really know the person that I was created to be? And second, have I explored realistic alternative careers or perhaps modifications to my present job that will, will allow me to employ my unique talents and passions uh, so that the workday uh, will be challenging but in a positive way and uh, that I can have a good time while I earn a living because folks do, you know, if they're in the right jobs. It's amazing how many folks entered a career or were hired for their present job, mostly by chance, without first uh, really asking themselves these two questions. Also, you may have locked yourself into a job or career that seemed right for you in your early 20s or mid-20s, but for every reason isn't so great today. And we don't have time to explore career transition in detail, but my first book, A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, by Roy C. Richards, contains a chapter I title, I'll Take a Vocation, or a vacation to find my vocation. And by the way, this is a mental vacation, an intentional respite from the pressures of your present job, not actually time off from work. And every one of us should take that vacation at some point in time in our middle years if we're frustrated with where we are today. You start by figuring out your ideal vocation, what you're really best suited for, Uh, one perfect for you, and then you work your way toward a realistic mid-ground, a solution, a real job that you could be hired for, or an entrepreneurial opportunity that you personally could finance or find investors to invest in. And you can find my book on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or through our website, MiddleAgeRenewal.com, and by the way it's available both in print and ebook editions and if not yourself i'm certain you know someone care about someone or love someone who feels stuck in life or perhaps that person seems stuck even though they won't personally acknowledge it and no one today cares about your high school or college grade point your SAT scores or how popular you were back in school The truth is, every one of us has talents and capabilities almost beyond belief, and for God's sake, whatever your present age, don't resign yourself to a lifetime of unhappiness and mediocrity, relying upon the fable excuse of, if only, if only I'd done this uh, 15 years ago, etc., because you can't go back and redo the past. The vast majority of us, Will be better served not by high s a t score or a stem degree, but by discovering and employing our true talents, and every one of us has those and no more complaints that I'm just too old once you're able to discover and discover and employ your hidden talents and talents and passions, you can bloom and rebloom, grow, and succeed at any age right up until the point, uh, an advanced stage, when you yourself choose to slow down. And that's our program for today. Tune in again next week when we uh, speak further about why middle age can be your best age. Bye for now.